We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay. Welcome into the PHNX Suns podcast brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review. I'm Lindsay Smith here with Gerald Bourget and Espo. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. Or single awareness day, whichever one you choose to celebrate <laughs> in your life, we support you. Or Arizona Statehood Day, you know, whatever you're feeling on this uh, February the 14th, happy that. <laughs> sure, I believe it's the 110th anniversary for uh, for the state of Arizona, so she's getting a little old, but it's okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a classic now, that's what it is, it's a classic. Um, well, today we are going to give out a whole bunch of flowers, but before we get into that, the Phoenix Suns did have practice today and Gerald Borgay was over there representing for us and you got to speak with Monty, Mikkel and Landry. So let's just kind of go down the list. Um, what'd you hear from Monty to start with? Yeah, I mean, for Monty, it was kind of an opportunity for them to tighten the screws today, as he likes to say, a um, couple areas of slippage that he said, you know, as soon as you bring it up with the guys, they completely know what you're talking about and agree. Um, so it was a day for them to review because they haven't had practice, like an actual practice that wasn't a shoot around in a couple weeks here in Phoenix. So it was nice for them to get that chance. Um, you know, I, I kind of asked him about Tory Craig, and, and this is something I wrote about in his debut over the weekend, was his ability to slip some of those screens um, and Monty said that he had been watching Mikhail Bridges the way that he does it, the angle he attacks those screens from, and that's kind of a weapon for the Suns that Tori just picked up on right away and was able to do with Alfred Payton in their first game. So that's something to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, and he also mentioned Aaron Holiday, how his defense, his shooting ability, his ability to handle the ball. He said he's not sure what the rotation is going to look like moving forward. You know, obviously Landry Shaman is still out. Alfred Payton and Aaron Holiday are going to be competing for minutes, but he did say he could see Holiday being a part of the rotation, which I'm sure is music to the ears of the people who do not want to see any more Payton minutes going forward. Um, so those were kind of the biggest things for Monty. I'm sure even though um, the tightening the screws was team wide and good for everyone on this team, I'm sure it was super beneficial for Tori and Aaron though, like just kind of getting a day of practice to be able to really take in even more uh, verbiage and schemes and plays and all the kind of things that they're going to have to get up to speed with here with the Suns. 
Yeah, Mani did mention that uh, it was a good day for them both, especially for Holiday. He said he was running out there with the second unit a lot, and they were throwing a lot at him. He said he enjoyed the look on Holiday's face trying to <laughs> process it all. So um, they're having some fun, but it was a good day for especially having two new pieces, one who's familiar, but one who's just totally brand new to kind of integrate themselves and get more familiar with what the Suns do. I love the tightening the screws uh, turn of phrase because it feels so anti-Monty, right? Everything seems so nice and like tightening the screws to me sounds like somebody's preparing for torture, you know? And it's, oh, <laughs> and it's just, I, I get that he's meaning we're just, we're, we're just fixing little things, but it just sounds so out of character, you know? Yeah, it's. I think it goes back to way back in the day when he brought them all like hard hats and what was it buckets and like a tool set. Yeah, I remember that. That's right. Long, a long time ago. So I think he's still keeping it with his construction metaphors. <laughs> I almost forgot about that until you just brought it up right now. It, there's they're been so many the monies. Yeah, they're fixing the scaffolding. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then you spoke with Mikel Bridges. This one I'm really excited to get an update on. Uh, should we just go right into the Super Bowl and then you can share some basketball stuff afterwards? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was uh, it was funny. Like, Mikel was saying, because Kellen was asking him, like, okay, did you give him enough crap? Was it not enough crap for Cam Johnson because they had their Super Bowl bet? I don't know if you guys saw the Instagram lives, but, like, <laughs> Mikel was – acting a fool and then he was recording cam he was just like sitting all sad on the bleachers with his little Bengals jersey <laughs> um but yeah he was saying like he didn't go too hard on cam um he tried to keep it fun but he knows because he knows that if the roles were reversed cam would have given it to him even worse than he did so um yeah he said he's looking forward to that lemonade stand him and, him and monty both made jokes about they're needing to be a vegan option because they have so many vegan guys on this team. Um, but Mikel was saying they're going to start at either 50 cents a glass or 25 cents a glass. And then they're going to go from there because gas prices are pretty high. So hopefully Cam's lemonade what stand a, can help what out a with those. Steal. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. What is in lemonade that isn't vegan? Right? <laughs> Where are these lemons going now. first before they're squeezed? Like what, a, what are we, what, a, what kind of lemonade are we making? <laughs> that's and a good question and, and then he didn't want to give him crap yet he took the image that we put up on instagram of of uh cam in a lemonade stand <laughs> and threw it all over his social no he wanted to give cam crap let's make that very clear <laughs> <laughs> apparently it's just the right amount of crap without going over too far because you don't right. want to hurt their their twin connection but apparently they're still the twins so life is good on that front at least that's good i'm i'm glad there were no uh no falling out there after that one because because it could have gotten a little hairy. I poor Cam in some of those Instagram um, live videos, he just looks so sad. And did, I so, think I think we can all relate to that feeling just a little bit. Yeah, and that was the part that I was low-key rooting for Cam to win because we had talked to him before the Super Bowl at a shoot-around or something, and he was talking about how you know, he hopes that the Bengals can pull it off because, you know, having a fun run to the finals that no one is expecting, he can relate to how it doesn't mean anything if you don't get over that hump, if you don't bring it home. Like, nobody's going to remember that as much. I mean, I, I disagree, I think, with the Suns and with the Bengals fan base. You can, like, be proud of that run. But at the same time, it still stings when you're not able to get over the hump. So he was saying, I really hope that they're able to do it because I can relate to that feeling. 
And so now his fan base went through the exact same thing poor Cam did, which is something that he says he still thinks about every day. So tough break for our sweet baby angel Cam. So we got Mikhail sitting there making fun of uh, Cam's PTSD is what it amounts to, right? Cam's like having flashbacks to Milwaukee in game six, and, and Mikhail's just laughing his ass off. I see how it is. You know how it is, Espo. You give the most grief to the ones you love the most. It's just, he was just getting ready for Valentine's Day, you know? Letting him know how much he loved him. I guess. <laughs> I guess. Oh, exactly. Mikael is, Mikael is great, though, because he, when they were talking about the whole vegan thing, he just went off on his own tangent about how much he's sick of everybody being vegan. It's like, <laughs> he pointed at Ish Wainwright and he was like, he shouldn't be vegan for as strong as he is. If I went vegan, I'd be even skinnier than I am now. So <laughs> he, was, he was getting a kick out of that. Did I hear him say there's like, are there like five players on this team who've gone vegan now? He said there were a couple. He said like most of the team is vegan now. I, I think he's just exaggerating, but it sounds like there are multiple. I think Chris Paul is starting to win guys over on the vegan thing in that locker room. All right. We're going to need you to do some digging and find out who all on this team is vegan now. Hold okay. on. Is there a better sales pitch than what Chris Paul's done over the last nine games? I think I, I mean, read a stat. He has like 125 assists over the last nine games. And it's the first time in his career he's ever had that many assists in a nine-game stretch. If you want an advertisement for vegan, <laughs> you should be doing commercials with Chris Paul just like State Farm, right? You need if, I'm, if I'm money. veganism, I'm just going, you're the best spokesperson we got, Chris Paul. Let's just do ads <laughs> with you, all right? <laughs> Just for the whole conglomerate of veganism. <laughs> Absolutely. Did did Mikel say anything uh, basketball related today, or was it mostly just around the fun of the Super Bowl and Cam Johnson? Yeah, it was mostly Super Bowl stuff. I did ask him about the Tory Craig slip screen thing, and and he was saying he didn't talk to Tory about that. That's just something that he kind of picked up on, and he was he was watching both from the bench and from the corner, and he was like, "Man, Tory's stealing my play. Like he's just stealing my move and getting some easy layups. Like I wish that was me." So. Um, but he said it was great to have Tory back. He said he's um, he's familiar with Aaron Holiday from their past encounters. I think it was uh, AYSO or AYBL, one of those two. They played each other back in the day, and he watched him play a couple times. Uh, he he was asking some of his friends when he was watching him play a few years ago, like, who is that? Like, why does he look exactly like Drew Holiday? And they're like, because that's his little brother, man. And he was like, oh, oh. makes so, a lot of sense now. <laughs> yeah, so so he's familiar with both of their games, and, and he likes what he sees. So I mean, the Suns team just got a little bit more dangerous, and that was one of the things that we kind of talked about. And then, of course, you got to talk with Landry Shamit. Are there any updates as far as like a time t- time frame of return, or how that injury is kind of coming along? Yeah, so this is the second practice slash shoot around in a row. We've been able to see him getting up shots and and not just like stationary shooting, but he's doing the thing that three point shooters do, flying around screens and, and pull ups and, and things of that nature. So the ankle's looking a lot better. He hasn't been able to go through any contact practice or anything just because they haven't had practices. Even today was a non contact day, even though they got some running and shooting in. Um, but he was saying, I asked him what his time frame would be. And he told me post all-star break. Um, so that can mean a number of things. I would guess it's like the first or the second game back after the all-star break, just because that's another week. The Suns don't play until next Thursday after the all-star break. So that gives him plenty of time to rest and, um, you know, test it out a little bit more, but he did say he's had ankle injuries in the past. So he wants to be cautious with it. 
Um, the phrase he uses, I'm not cupcaking it, but I have <laughs> dealt with this type of thing in the past. So he wants to be careful. Was he making his shots that you saw? He was. <laughs> he was so but, he's beyond, uh, he, he must still be injured because when he's not, he, I, he's, he's missing <laughs> him. That's when he's uh, game ready. Right? Saul's not here, so somebody has to do it, right? We need a God damn it moment, and I had to give it to them. Oh, no. Uh, Espo Sorry, had Joe, to play the part of heel. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> Espo had to play the part of heel. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, most of these guys hit a lot of shots. And, but, like, people talk about, you know, Ish Wainwright, how he can't hit a shot. Like, the dude is automatic in practice. Most of these guys are. Shamit was looking pretty good from what I've seen the last two times. Frank Kaminsky was getting up shots as well, um, and he was knocking them down. But that's you know, a big difference between that and being in the game and, you know, especially coming off of an ankle injury. So we'll see. Shamit will be back soon, and it'll be interesting to see how the playoff rotation goes from there um, because Monty did say Aaron Holiday, he could see him being a part of it, and that's bad news for Peyton and or Shamit. So mm-hmm. we'll see how it shakes out. Oftentimes, too, I feel like when you are sidelined with an injury um, because you're watching the game instead of actively participating in the game, you can kind of get a different perspective, a little bit of a more unique perspective on the things that your teammates are doing and that your team is kind of implementing. Do you think that could be beneficial, Landry? Yeah, that was actually something uh, we talked to him about. He was saying, yeah, you get a totally different perspective when you're forced to take a step back and and look at what the team's doing without you, where you can help in the instances where your team struggles, um, where you need to kind of step things up in the instances where your team is thriving without you. So I think Landry got a good look at a lot of that stuff. Um, and the other thing that just kind of the human element, because I know we like to rip on Landry and, and, you know, he hasn't shot the ball well, so it makes sense. But I asked him, like, now that the trade deadline is over as a player, you know, now that you don't have that thing hanging over your head, especially being an injured guy, like, can you just, is there a sense of relief in just looking at your team and be like, okay, this is our group. This is who we're going forward with for the rest of the year. And he was saying, honestly, it's easy for me. I'm kind of numb to it now because I've been traded so much <laughs> over the last few years. I was like, oh man, like, that's, that's brutal. Like this poor guy who's who couldn't do anything. He was like, had a bum angle during the trade deadline. So he couldn't even really like prove his worth after that one good game that he had, you know, he's just probably sitting around like, all right, am I going to get traded for the fourth time or the fifth time or whatever it was? Like, I I think he is happy that he's still here for sure. Um, But it's rough for a guy like that because you know that this is a business and you know that your name is going to come up when you're underperforming. Honestly, I feel like, go ahead, Aspo. I was going to say, do you think he's like a spy and he's got a go bag? So, like, if at any point he gets that call, he's like, I got it. Let's go. On to the next city. Like, I just I just imagine that after four times in four years, you have to be prepared at the drop of a hat to just get that call and told, on to the next city, right? It's like it's like when, when the contestants on The Bachelor get, like, a one-on-one date and they're forced <laughs> to, to pack up their shit before they go on the date just in case Brutal. they get sent home. It's rough. <laughs> Every time Landry goes to practice, he's just got the wheelie suitcase that's oh in there in the corner God. just in case. Oh. Poor Landry. Poor Landry. Honestly, I hate the trade deadline for that reason specifically. Like, I understand it's a business. It's an area of, you know, the season where teams can get a lot better and improve. But, like, the human side of it, it just kills me. I hate it so much. Like, I remember... 
I think my first season working with the Suns, um, PJ Tucker got traded and it just, it was such a dark cloud over so many different people, not just PJ, because like he didn't want to leave. He loved this city and this team, but like so many people who had created relationships with him. And I feel like that's like one portion of this that sometimes as like if you're not in the room when it happens or in the building, you don't really get to see that side of it. And then when you talk to players on the other side of it, you know, once they've been moved, they're never going to tell you like the deep, dark, truthful side of it. They're just going to be like, yeah, I'm really excited for the opportunity. Like they might throw a little shade at their former team a little bit, but they're not going to be like, man, this sucks. Like I'm bummed. I love that Lindsay's like, if you've seen it on the inside and I've seen it on the inside and I'm being an asshole that's just like <laughs> making fun of guys that are that are getting to leave the city. I guess it's on brand. That seems about right for me. So I guess we shouldn't be surprised. No, but it just, I don't know. I hate it. I feel so bad. But you also know me. I, I can't not <laughs> get flowers and think about all that kind of stuff. Like, that's just how I'm built. I just I feel like it. seven figures makes that a lot easier, right? Fair. This is true. This is <laughs> true. Know, it does make picking it, up and leaving across the country a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, I mean, like, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, like most Americans, and then, then you get the call that you have to move 3,000 miles away and leave everything. Yeah, I could see that. But when you got everything you need in the bank account, it makes it a little bit easier, I imagine. Fair, fair. Okay, well, that was your update from practice. Gerald, thank you for that. Um, Before we get into handing out a bunch of flowers, I got to tell all the Hoops fans out there about the latest offer from the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Oh my gosh, I already have NFL still on my mind after (laughs) last night's Super Bowl. Um, So this is going to be a really good one. They're talking between the legs, 360 windmill type of goods. So new customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It is that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same game parlays. So as you know, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings, it's safe, it's secure, it's reliable. You can withdraw and deposit cash whenever you want. So go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use that promo code PHNX and bet just $1 on any NBA team and get 150 in free bets if they win. Using that promo code again, PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Just a reminder, that is 21 and older only, Arizona only. Gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Before we hand out flowers, can I ask a flower question? Yes. Sure. Okay. Uh, it is Valentine's Day as we're recording this. And I, and I got my wife a gift. We had this whole $50 limit thing, whatever. We did that. It was It was great. But then this this morning, she said something about flowers. And I said, yeah, I'm going to get you a bunch of them tomorrow when they're all on sale. <laughs> <laughs> that did not go over well. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I feel I feel like logically it was the right thought process, but uh, emotionally was really dumb. <laughs> do I get any do I get any suggestions? Uh, Gerald, you're in a different boat. You're still dating. Flowers have to happen on Valentine's Day. But I'd love I'd love the perspective across the room, if you don't mind. 
just you you got to be you just don't broadcast how much they cut. Just go to Trader Joe's. They have a great selection of Trader Joe's there. is legit for flowers. And they and they're very they're very affordable. Affordable. I not would say. this time not of cheap. year though. Have, have you been there? Like everybody no. jacks up the price of roses and flowers right now because they're like they're oh, really? suckers. They're all suckers. They're gonna <laughs> buy them anyways. Like I thought about, we got a rose garden in the neighborhood. I'm like, do I go cut some and just just pull them? I pay for them because I pay the HOA, so it seems like I could go do that. But I, I I'm married thirteen, almost thirteen years now, and I'm into that. I'm a cheap bastard phase is what what I think I've entered into here is what I'm saying. Honestly, I feel like it just kind of depends on the recipient, right? Like some people just want to have the holiday be special like it is on all the commercials. And that's totally fine. And then some people are like, if you go spend $60 on a bouquet of flowers that tomorrow is going to be $20, I'm going to kill you. That's so like, you just got to know the audience. You know like, what I'm I saying? Wanna, I almost didn't end around and went over to Home Depot and bought two rose bushes and just planted those bad boys and went, all the roses you can handle, right? I mean, honestly, again, it's your audience. Like, if you gave me a plant over flowers, I might be a little bit more excited. I don't. I love flowers. Don't get me wrong. But if you gave me a really cool plant that I wanted for a long time, I might like it a little bit more. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know, I just. I, I. You're talking about giving out flowers. It reminded me of that. And uh, uh, yeah, I feel dumb right now. But uh, I'll, I'll figure it out after this. How to make. Make amends for it. That's so. okay. Just put some bets on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Get your money up a little bit more and uh, <laughs> take her out to a really nice dinner, random date dinner to make up for it. Like just a special out of out of the blue kind of moment. You know, Jake what I'm Crowder has not made me enough money to buy flowers <laughs> lately. Did he not know Valentine's Day was coming up? Come on, Jay. Right? Jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and start handing out some flowers of our own here because we are going to do a snake draft of our most loved sons ever. And the drafting order is going to be Espo, Gerald, and then myself. Now I have one question to clarify before we start this. Are we drafting to win a public vote or are we drafting based on genuine like opinions? It's, that's up to you. That's, a, that's up to wow. interpretation. That's a, that's a personal question. That, yeah, I look, <laughs> that's part of the strategy of this. Well, that's what I need to know. Like, are we putting this out there to have people vote on? Or what? Lizzie, let me are tell we... you this. I've done it both ways, and both <laughs> times I finished last in the voting. So it really doesn't matter. You're going to win. I'll finish last, and Gerald will finish second. And that's just the way this is going to be. So draft however the hell you want. It's not okay. going to change anything. Okay, okay. And we're going to do five players, correct? Yes, five. All yes. right. Well, Espo, go ahead and get us started then. With the first pick in the players I have, well, Phoenix Suns, I don't even know if we're just going players, but Phoenix Suns we've loved and still to this day love. I'm going to select Charles Barkley, number one overall, the round, 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 round mound of rebound. I just <laughs> got stuck in a the loop there. Uh, the man is still beloved in this town, even though he was, uh, he was never an angel, and he told you he was no role model. Uh, I... You know, if if Lindsay had worked with him, she wouldn't be calling him a sweet baby angel. <laughs> uh, but he he still is beloved. I, I just can't say there's an entire generation of people like myself who got into basketball, fell in love with the Suns, 
solely because of Charles Barkley. He will always mm-hmm. be my favorite, so he's number one on my board. Solid move. Well, Gerald, what you got? All right, I'm going to go with the – Charles Barkley is the best Suns player of all time. I'm going to go with the greatest Suns player of all time, Steve Nash, for the number two pick. Um, I, I know that it's – so far we're just picking really good Suns, but – I know. I, I don't – I don't. <laughs> Other than Charles, I don't know if there's another more beloved son in franchise history, two-time MVP winner, the guy that toiled away for this franchise for years. He he was Devin Booker before there was a Devin Booker as far as, you know, we want this guy to succeed. He is, he doesn't, he's not from here, but he is our own child of the Valley. Like he, I, I think most Suns fans were devastated year after year, just because of how many breaks went against him um, and how good he was for this team, how he helped revolutionize basketball. The Suns were a lot of casual NBA fans' favorite team just because of him and that offense that he constructed with stat. Um, And he's just a genuinely good guy. It's hard to hate against Steve Nash. I think if the Nets won a championship, that would be the consolation prize is Steve Nash finally getting a ring. So for you to say that in a season where a championship would, you know, losing a championship would be devastating for this Suns team. Yeah, he's he's one of the most beloved Suns ever. I suppose over here shaking his head like, no. <laughs> no. Not I'm not saying it. There's no consolation prize. <laughs> no. Nope. 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 <laughs> okay. Nope. 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 Can't even. I'll move us along. <laughs> uh, Lindsay, move, make your pick before Gerald and I uh, <laughs> start fighting. <laughs> All right. So since you guys went with some big hitters, I feel like I got to go with a big hitter. So I'm going to take Devin Booker. Damn. Obviously, because if I yeah. didn't take them or take him, one of you would have taken him. He so, would have been uh, next on my yeah, board. <laughs> exactly. So I got to add Devin Booker to my list up top. And then for my next pick, um, this is a really tough one. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Mikael Bridges. Okay, all right. Uh, Lindsay going with the recency bias here. Yeah, <laughs> she's going. If I'm gonna win the fan vote, I got to get all the youngins to vote for me. So I'm going. <laughs> I'm going this roster. Going this roster. Well, I mean, yeah. What can I say? This- a little bit of strategy a little bit of also gen like genuine feelings here because those are two really solid guys and i think we can all agree that they're very well liked and loved um among suns fans old and young Lindsay's just gonna take the starting five of this year's team that's that's <laughs> her strategy here She's maybe we'll see if they're all still available uh, <laughs> all right gerald who you got um yeah let's see I'm probably going to go with hmm, – this is tough. This is a tough one because I, I feel like whichever one of these two I take, Espo is going to take the other one. But um, I'm going to go with Amari Stoudemire. And it was a tough call between him and somebody else, so I'm sure Espo will probably take off the board here soon. But Amari Stoudemire's dunks just – made him so well liked here in the valley it's it's hard to compete with that like i know there were complaints about his defense or about you know his lack of you know perimeter shot or whatever but like stat was really good and he was the perfect pick and roll duo with steve nash probably the best pick and roll duo the league has seen outside of stockton and malone so 
you know, when you, when you're endeared yourself to a fan base like that, it's hard to go wrong. So I'm going to go stat with my number two pick. All right. I'm going to go with a guy who has a restaurant in this town, has an award named after him, uh, who still has God awful commercials uh, (laughs) that have not changed for the, for the last five, 10 years. Uh, and was a beloved college coach in town here. It's Dan Marley. I mean, dude had a candy bar that some people still have in their freezers. Uh, and those candy bars are, are well over uh, two decades old. So, look, are I, you those I'm, people? Uh, no, I'm not. But I actually know those people. I, I am not. That would be gross. There's no point to keep a candy bar that long. Uh, but yeah, Thunder Dan. I mean, the dude had. The dude had a calendar, like a beefcake calendar back in the day. Uh, every section of Suns fandom loved them. Some Dan Marley, whether he was shortless in short shorts or in a uniform, Dan Marley is beloved. And and uh, that made Lindsay get red for those of you that can't, uh, can't see the screen. Uh, she, she totally uh, was embarrassed when I said that. Uh, this Now, this is where it gets tough because – Loved is one of those definition things, right? I mean, this is where Lindsay was getting at. Uh, mm, because there's a couple, there's a couple guys, and if I'm going for the popular vote, one of them doesn't make sense. But if I'm going truly beloved, go I'm truly gonna go beloved. Sean Marion, and I think this may okay. be a misstep, but I'm going to go Sean Marion here. So that's uh, uh, look, did all the little things was Mikhail Bridges before Mikhail Bridges and to another level uh, with the all-star appearances and some of what he did offensively. Uh, he very much was that for a generation. I know it didn't end the way we all wanted it to end uh, in terms of where Sean Marion uh, and the Suns, but I still think he's beloved in this town. So I'll go Sean Marion, the matrix. All right. It's a good pick. That, that's actually who I thought you were going to take with the first pick there. Um, but no, that makes sense. So, oh man, I'm ho- I'm going to make this pick and hope that the guy that I'm conflicted about is is around. A few Don't worry, he'll now. probably be around. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay really is about to draft the current starting five. Um, but I'm going to go with Goran Dragic, and much like Ooh. the Sean Marion pick. I know that this might be controversial for some, but it's really a no-brainer. Like, you look at the way that he was received when the Suns brought him back after screwing him over the first time, the way that that was a welcome home, the game that he had against the Spurs in the playoffs where he just went nuclear on them, and the fact that he was the only good thing bridging the Steve Nash years and the Devin Booker era. Like people forget about that 2013-14 season, but that was a legitimately fun season that just came up short in terms of them making the playoffs. They won, I think, the second most games in NBA history for a team that didn't make the playoffs with 48. Dragic was most improved player that year. He was all NBA third team. I was there at the game when he went ballistic against Anthony Davis and the crowd was chanting MVP for him. Like this guy was definitely beloved here. And I don't hold it against him that the Suns basically drove him out of town by following up his terrific season by bringing in two more point guards and putting him in the corner where he wasn't—he didn't belong there. So, I actually, I, 
that AD game, I actually think was the first game his baby son was in the arena too, mm-hmm. which was a big was a big mm-hmm. deal at the time too. He had so many storylines like that. So, and I do not. I mean, he's about to hit the buyout market. The Suns have not been mentioned as a team that would pick him up. I still think you give that a look and maybe wave Alfred Payton if you can, but. I don't think anybody in the Valley who even still resents him for the way that he left and the bad things that he said about the Suns management can a dispute that he was wrong or B deny that if he did come back and the Suns won a title, that wouldn't be a storybook ending for their relationship. So Goran Dragic is my third pick in these beloved Suns draft here. Okay. All right. So I took two heavy hitters off the top. I felt like, so now I'm going to go, more like personal opinion here. Mm. Um, there's a couple. I still think they're heavy hitters, but I don't know if they have as much pull with the in fan base from old to young or young to old. But I definitely have to take Jamal Crawford here. Oh, um, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's a shock because that I guy would not, not make my list. <laughs> I Well, and see, that's, that's the thing, though, is that like, I love Jamal Crawford as a player. I followed him for a really long time before I even was working in the NBA, like back when I was in college. And I've always enjoyed him and his game. And then when I finally got to meet him, when he came to the Suns team, I was, you know how they always tell you, like, don't meet people that you you love. Don't meet your idols, like fa- famous people. Don't meet them because they're going to disappoint you all the time. Mm-hmm. Jamal Crawford was the a total 180 of that like blew my expectations away. Like he was the most kind person that I've ever met working in sports who is like that level of kind of fame, stardom, whatever you want to call it. And it was to every single person in that building. Like he would walk in, he, whether it was a security guard, somebody like cleaning up the arena or whatever, have a full on conversation the next day, come back and follow up on that conversation. Like that, that stuff that you talked about stuck. So if you were having a bad day or if you told them something about your kid, he would follow up with you about how you're feeling now or how your kid's game went or something like 100% one of the best human beings out there. So Jamal Crawford is definitely on my list. And then fourth, this one's a tough one because there's so many that you can choose from. I think I got to go, though. It's not a starting five, but mm, could be a starting five. I'm going to go sweet baby Angel Cam Johnson. She's going for the for the recency <laughs> vote. <laughs> really? Well, because in really? my mind, it's all going to be the recent. Like, if I was voting in oh, this, it would man. all be recent stuff, too. So she's she choosing guys very... that have been here five minutes in the grand scheme of things. All right. She she has a calculated plan because she asked even before the show, she was like, so this popular vote or like guys that I like. So she took <laughs> the one guy that she really likes in Jamal Crawford. And then is spreading the wealth with the recency popular. Hey, vote. now <laughs> I, you know, I love Cam Johnson. You know, I yes. love Mikael Bridges and Devin yes. Booker. So let's be let's be honest here. There's, there's she could draft the Morai and Robert Ori, and she'd still win this vote. Now that's a little excessive. <laughs> no, it's not. You, you could, you'd win. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So. Yeah, no, I look, Cam Johnson's a great pick. And Mikael Bridges, I don't I honestly was thinking about taking him in the second or third round if he was still available. Cause like 
the dude is just that funny. And if they win a title, he'll definitely belong in that same echelon. But like, I'm going to go with, for my fourth pick, and this one's kind of tough, but I'm going to go with a personal pick. I'm going to go with Grant Hill on this one. Probably could have waited till the fifth round to take him, but like Grant Hill was just so well-liked and he was so, people were so happy to see him just kind of maybe not thrive, but like extend his career and actually be productive and on a winning team here after, you know, his career being torn up by injuries in Orlando. Um, and he was part of that 2010 team that was so fun and just kind of came out of nowhere. So I'm, I'm going to go with Grant Hill because seeing him play for the Suns was a really cool thing for me because he was one of my favorite players growing up as well. All right. So uh, final two picks here. We're, this is where my strategy is probably going to screw me, but I, I'm <laughs> going to do this uh, so we do justice to the, the history of the Phoenix Suns here. Uh, my next pick will be Paul Westfall. Two different okay. generations of Suns fans who loved him. Uh, first, as a player, when he came over from Boston, helped lead them to that first uh, NBA Finals. Uh, had a hell of a run as a player, wearing number 44 in this town, and uh, was beloved there. And then as a coach, an assistant with Cotton Fitzsimmons in the late 80s, then the Suns head coach when they made it to the finals in uh, 1993. He's part of the only two triple overtime games in finals history. I just, I feel like Paul Westfall deserves a spot on the most beloved uh, Suns list. Uh, not, not necessarily going to be popular with the young kids that are, that are voting or the recent fans, but that's one I feel I'd be immensely remiss for uh, not including on the list. That's a good pick. I like mm-hmm. that. Westy was great. And now, now here's where I'm really torn between recency bias and and a pick that would come straight from my heart. Uh, Go with the heart, Esbo. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because if I pick the other guy, it's going to be pretty obvious I'm pandering because he's somebody I've ripped uh, before. So, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go with Al McCoy. Because we didn't expect this to spe- specify that this had to be players. We just said Phoenix Suns, and there's a guy that's been around for 50 years and is beloved uh, by many. So, uh, 99% of people. What was that? I said Espo over here cheating on the low. <laughs> oh, I, I got the man's bobblehead right here next to me. I mean, so, uh, so yeah, I'm going to go Al McCoy. So, that is uh, that is my lineup there. All right, good good deal, good deal. Gerald, who are you taking last? I'm sorry, I had to go back into our Slack chat to make sure he did phrase it that way, and he did. I think he left <laughs> I think he left himself that loophole in our Slack. He totally did that on purpose. <laughs> he was setting himself up for success. Um, I still won't yeah. win, but I did uh, I did do that. I don't know. Purpose. You have a solid lineup, Espo. It's pretty good. Look. I so for my last pick, I have two options that I know are fan favorites, but I'm gonna go with another one that might be I don't want to say controversial, maybe people have combative opinions about this player, but I'm gonna go with DeAndre Ayton for my last pick. And wow. yeah. And wow. I think it's because I think I love DA. I, I love too. DA too. And I think that we we get so caught up in looking at areas where DA can be better because we want him to be dominant. 
And that wouldn't come from a place of anything but like for the guy and, and wanting him to succeed, wanting him to become this monster that we envisioned him being. And I think the rest of the sons are that way. And I think also if you factor in just the U of a Phoenix connection here, mm-hmm. like there are a lot of Deandre Ayton fans and stands and the feed DA crowd, like people love this guy. Like they find him funny. They want him to succeed. And the value is arguably the greatest moment in Suns playoff history. So that alone, I think, warrants him a spot on the list. So I'm not trying to pander, but I am pandering just a little bit. <laughs> I don't think that's pandering at all. I actually I think, think so. that's your riskiest pick on the entire list. Because that's a, that's a love-hate proposition right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of names that I think you could have pandered with. That is certainly not one of them. <laughs> All right, so this one, oh, man, this is hard. This is where she goes Aaron Baines. <laughs> <laughs> this one is is super tough for me because there's so, like, this whole experiment, like, let's I'm going to go Sweden real quick and just, like, make my disclaimer here. There are so many great players who have come through this organization um, and left with a positive kind of, left on a positive foot, right? And even the ones that didn't leave on a positive note, they're still awesome and love. But there are so many I could choose from. This is the most Lindsay Smith disclaimer ever. (laughs) Please don't hate me. I love all of you, all right? Equally. You're my children. No, I mean, it's so hard. Like, you've got Alan Williams, Kelly Ray Jr., like, Leandro Barbosa. I love me some Tyler Johnson. Like, he was fantastic to work with when he was here. Ricky Rubio is great. But I think I feel like I'm stuck between Leandro Barbosa, Alan Williams, and Kelly Ray Jr. Those are my okay. top three that are the hardest to kind of like. It's hard to narrow that down. No, Jalen Smith. Love me some Jalen. Who does? Come on, Espo. <laughs> Leave me alone, Espo. Don't make it worse. I don't want to. Oh, sorry. I, I think because oh, no. I have a lot of like super recency bias. I mean, Leandro was around pretty recently as well, if you put it into context. But I think I'm going to go with Leandro Barbosa as my last one. That is that is a very good pick. That was I was going with either D.A. Barbosa or P.J. Tucker for my last pick. P.J. So Tucker was pick. on my list, too. Like P.J. Tucker was on my list, too. P.J.'s – like, you could have an all-irrational love team. It could be P.J., it could be Elliot Perry, it could be – a guy like a Jalen Smith or an Alan Williams, like <laughs> this city loves themselves some obscure guys that do fringe things for sure. I mean, there's no doubt in that, but, uh, but I think, uh, I think, I think we all went in the right direction in terms of impactful players that people love. Yeah. It's man. That's such a tough one because like I said, there's just so many, but I feel like this list is pretty solid. So I suppose you finished with Charles Barkley, Dan Marley, Sean Marion, Paul Westfall, and Al McCoy. Gerald, you finished with Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Goran Dragic, Grant Hill, and DeAndre Ayton. I finished with Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, Jamal Crawford, Cam Johnson, and Leandro Barbosa. Like, if we do end up putting this out there for, like, a vote, I kind of think it's going to be pretty split. Because there's if, solid if, players on all of these. Okay, when we put when. them out there? <laughs> I think I'm either going to get crushed or I'm going to crush. I'm not sure. <laughs> There's no happen. in between. There's I'm no in between last. with mine. I, I, I'm finishing <laughs> last. 
I don't know. I know you got a good lineup, but I guess yeah. we'll find out. <laughs> People, I, the the most hated uh, person with ties to this on that on that list, me, the guy that picked <laughs> that that list. That's what the downfall of it. Well, let us know what you guys think. Who did we leave off that we should have included? Whose list do you think is the best? Come chat with us on Twitter, uh, PHNX underscore sons. All right, guys. So we are just about done with today's show. But real quick, I got to remind everyone listening that children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID-19. The COVID-19 vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. Safe, free, and highly effective COVID-19 vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Make sure you guys are getting uh, getting prepared, getting boosted for the uh, fun weather that is coming our way and the hopefully very long playoff run that is coming our way. So we can all have some fun and enjoy some really cool things here in Arizona. Happy Valentine's Day, guys. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> I hope you all feel loved out there, whether you're single or taken. Today is yeah. a day of love. Go share the love. If you haven't gotten a present for your sweetie or yourself, you can always go over to the PHNX locker and pick up some new sweet gear. We did just recently drop a brand new uh, shirt that's pretty dope. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. I don't want to give it away too much. I'm sure you've seen it, but um, it's it's worth heading over to phnxlocker.com just to get a little peek at it. But makes a good last minute gift. So if you need it, we're here for you. All right, guys, we will see you tomorrow. Um, until then, you can follow me on Twitter at LindsaySmithAZ. You can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. The cheapest place to get flowers, especially on Valentine's Day, the PHNX Sun Show. Lindsay hands them out like they're water. <laughs> Ahoy hoy. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.